0: Welcome back to my podcast, where it's all about movie commentaries here. This week is the week where we are wrapping up our Twilight Saga commentary. We are talking about Breaking Dawn Part 2 today. You guys probably already know, but I worked this movie also, but I am having no memory of working it or seeing it, honestly. I know I saw it in the theaters, and everybody freaked out at the ending, but that's it. And I know I worked opening weekend, but it... I guess it's not a core memory for me for some reason. I, I don't know. Maybe I'll think of something later and I'll just sprinkle it in. So I guess since my memory is sucking right now, let's just get right into it. All right, guys, you know the drill. As always, we start with our stars of the show. All our regulars return along with our Volturi crew for the last time and we add just a few newbies for the finale. We actually, we add a lot of new people because we throw in about 18 new vampires into the mix here, and I will get into that later, Uh, but there's not a whole lot of big wig names in there, uh, except for Rami Malek is in this movie, and I completely forgot about it. Uh, Mackenzie Foy, who plays Renesmee, she is kind of big she did that nutcracker redo and then she was in the conjuring and then we have lee pace and noel fisher so if you guys are marvel fans or shameless fans uh, lee pace is the villain in guardians of the galaxy and he also plays legolas's dad in the hobbit if y'all are hobbit and lord of the rings fans like me and then noel fisher is mickey in shameless so throwing some fun facts out there for you. But you guys already know that I'm going to talk about the soundtrack because, you know, I'm a broken record. And I loved this soundtrack so much. Again, tens across the board for the soundtracks in these movies. Like if they did anything right, it was these soundtracks. Like I loved A Thousand Years by Christina Perry. I thought it was really great. So did obviously every other female in the world because everybody used it in their wedding. But I thought that the part two where they added the guy... I think it's better. I honestly do. So like I said, just tens across the board. So we literally pick up right where we left off in part one with Bella changing into a vampire and a newborn vampire at that. And let me tell you, vampire Bella is my favorite Bella and it only took us four movies to get there and four books. So what is not my favorite though is how quickly she can just resist human blood like just like that and then we don't talk about it again. Like she wakes up and her and Edward like meet for the first time, you know, with her being a vampire. He's like, oh, we need to go get you some food. We need to have you go hunt. And she's out there. She's about to kill his deer. And then all of a sudden she smells this dude climbing on a mountain and she almost kills him and then she's able to resist it. And then she goes and kills the freaking bobcat that tries to kill her deer. And then we don't talk about it again. He's like, oh, I've never seen a newborn vampire be able to resist human blood like that. And then we don't ever revisit it. It's so strange, but whatever. So after she becomes a pro vampire in like 10 minutes, she gets to finally meet her kid, which is the worst CGI I've ever seen in a hot minute. I I can't say that I've ever seen, but it's the worst I've seen in a hot minute. And I won't let it go. Like this movie came out, 10 years ago almost, and I won't let this go. Ever. (laughs) CGI Renesmee already has a full set of teeth, which is weird, yes, but not as weird as the nickname Jacob has given her. But before we find that out, Bella gets to find out about him imprinting on Renesmee because, remember, she died and literally missed everything. No sugarcoating. She's pissed. And I don't blame her. Like, she's so pissed, like, take the dog outside because he peed on the carpet pissed. But then, then she finds out the nickname, Nessie. And then Bella is enraged because he nicknamed her kid after the Loch Ness Monster. And like I said, I really can't blame her. Like her name already sucks, but Nessie is not any better. And yes, I'm still bitter about it. This movie came out almost 10 years ago and I'm not letting the hatred I have for this child's name go, it runs that deep. But she does get violent and almost really hurts sweet baby Seth. And then she calms down and Jacob explains himself and how her wanting him around while she was pregnant was all Renesme. Short version, imprinting's weird. But Bella, I guess, gets over it. Because the next time we see Jacob, he's asleep on the couch in the Cullen's house. And speaking of houses, this quote-unquote birthday gift that they get, a new freaking house like furnished and everything. I mean, I wouldn't be upset. Yes, I'd be upset that I had to go through all that terrible pain and all that, but she got a house out of it and a baby. So it's looking up, but like, I love this house. I want Alice, I guess, decorated it. I want her to come decorate my house and furnish my home and fill my closet with nice clothes that look weird and I would never wear. They obviously christen this new house. And I've just gotta say, that was the weirdest scene in all of these movies probably i know that's a stretch but the i don't even know how to describe it the cgi effects that they gave like when she is i don't know i don't even know where i'm going with this but like the like glitter and sparkles that they like have show up by her face i didn't get it at all why they felt the need to put that in there and why they thought that was a good idea I just wanted to throw that in there, I'm sorry. I just, ugh, just gave me the heebie-jeebies watching it all over again. Like I would go as far as to say that it's worse than when she gets bit in the first film and like she has like her eyes go cross and everything like that, like that was cringy. This was worse and it was better camera quality and it was still worse. But back to it. We find out that Charlie won't stop calling and he wants to see if Bella's okay And they tell her that they will have to tell him that she didn't make it and then they're gonna have to leave forks to you know keep up the lie and this is not in jacob's plan so he takes it upon himself to fix this situation and tell charlie that he's a werewolf how that helps anything i still have no idea and then he also tells him that Renezme is their niece that they've adopted i'm telling you they just come up with these plans like on the spot and they roll with it and they all suck like every plan that anybody has ever had in any of these movies has sucked (laughs) when charlie comes to visit and to see bella he knows that something's fishy and he just rolls with it which is probably the best plan like just don't poke the bear what else is fishy is how fast renesmee is aging she goes from being like an infant to like 10 years old just like that and they get really freaked out that they're not going to have enough time with her and that she's not going to live as long as them because this is kind of all new territory for everybody. She is something new to them that they've never seen, so they really don't know how this is all going to go. This all comes to a head, though, when, out catching snowflakes, Renesmee, Jacob, and Bella see Irina, who is played by Maggie Grace, I think is her name. So if y'all have seen Taken or Lost, she's in that. But she is their cousin and she sees them and then freaks the hell out when she sees them. Then she vanishes and they think it's because of Jacob and him being a werewolf and whatnot and them all, you know, being friends. And then Edward remembers that Irina's mom created an immortal child who we find out are terrors and uncontrollable And they basically destroy a whole village with a tantrum so it's a toddler obviously well the Volturi found out about her immortal child and killed her for it along with the child so Irina automatically freaks out about that and she thinks Renesmee is an immortal child and while they're all figuring this out Irina has already taken her happy self to Italy to tattle to the Volturi and they are on their way to come handle the situation Now, she could have asked, and we could have avoided about half of this movie. But then where would we be? Well, obviously, Renesmee is not an immortal child. She grows every day and has a heartbeat. Duh. So, they form a plan to gather up enough witnesses and convince them that they've done nothing wrong. And actually, Renesmee's gift helps with that. I forgot to mention way earlier... But her gift is that she can touch your face and show you her first memory, which is her in the womb and then being born and seeing Bella, her mom. So kind of works in their favor. Before they leave to find these witnesses, though, Alice and Jasper, they have exited this group chat immediately. Alice leaves a very vague note on the back of a page from a book, which we will come back to. The note says to be ready for after the first snow falls because that's when the Volturi will arrive. So, right when they need them, they just bust up out of there. So, like I said, this is where the 18 vampires come into play. And that includes Romy Malik's character, Lee Pace's character, and Noel Fisher. And then um, we also have a few other people um, Irina's sister, Tanya, and Kate. I don't know. I can't remember if Kate is her sister or not. I don't think she is. I think they're cousins also. Um, but kate's power i would definitely love to have she like can electrocute people and i think that's awesome (laughs) but they all come in to town along with the these freaky amazon ladies they're pretty cool but they also don't say anything and that's weird they have a few irish people that come in and they have some other people they don't really tell everybody's names which is fine but like i said full house of vampires which means that they have more of these young little quillia little baby boys turned into werewolves so not really great for them but can't hurt to have a few more wolves around i guess in the midst of meeting all these new vampires and then being in town and everything we get to find out bella's gift and her gift's pretty cool she is a shield which means that people's abilities powers whatever you want to call them they don't affect her and she can actually prevent other people from being affected by these gifts slash powers slash abilities too. If she can focus hard enough, she like radiates a quote unquote shield (laughs) to them and they aren't affected as bad. They'll still be sort of affected, but it's like tolerable is how Edward puts it when Kate shocks him. (laughs) So that's pretty nifty. She eventually figures out how to expand it and in a pretty quick time, I will say. Like, she is a very quick learner in this new vampire world. They eventually start talking about the Volturi and how Aro always wants someone from a coven. And when he does want someone, then that coven automatically has done something wrong and they all need to be killed. Well, Aro wants Alice in his coven. And I don't blame him because she's awesome, but don't need to go and kill everybody. That's when they decide that if they do push this further into like a fight that they will fight the Volturi because basically they're tired of their shit. But we're going to go back to that vague note that Alice left. Uh, Bella finds that book that the page was torn from. And on the next page, there's a name, Jay Jinx. Jasper has set up passports for Red Bay and Jacob in case there is a fight and they need to leave. Which kind of bums Bella out because she kind of realizes that if something does happen, she's never going to see her daughter again. And I get that. Plus, like she's on top of all that, she doesn't know even if Renesmee going to live very long and it's just a whole bunch of emotions and I would not want to be in her shoes. And she kind of realizes that she needs to cherish every moment that she has with Renesmee and with Edward and everybody else. It's a very sad vibe we are sporting for this movie. Well, we're at the big showdown and the whole Scooby-Doo gang has shown up along with Voltori. Now, Aro does end up believing them, but he's upset that Irina quote unquote lied to him. So they kill her and he ends up making an excuse to try and fight them until Alice and Jasper come back. She shows him a vision and it makes you think that he doesn't believe it. And then this whole big battle happens with a lot of our main peeps dying. And then we find out that it's all fake. Now, let me tell you, when I saw this movie, I do remember this, a lot of people were just stunned because they were like, this did not happen in the book, what is happening? And then it's like, JK, none of it happened. And everybody was just pissed. I will say, this movie was a whole lot more violent than I remember it being. Like, a lot of people got their heads ripped off and arms ripped off. And I just, I guess I don't remember all that happening. (laughs) And I was like, my God. They just keep ripping people's heads off and they ripped uh, that one dude's like mouth all the way open. I was like, my God, this is only PG-13. <laughs> but after all that nonsense happened, we do find out that Alice did find another half human, half vampire person to show the Voltori that Renesmee isn't a threat. And they figure out that Renesmee will actually be around for a while because this dude's like 140 something years old. And he stopped aging, I think he said, in his teens. I honestly can't remember what the actual age was. But everybody kind of calms down after that. And the Volturi end up leaving because Aro is scared shitless that he's gonna die. Because at the end of that vision, Edward and Bella decapitate him and burn his head. So I would leave too. So once everyone leaves and we're wrapping this movie up to end... And we find out that Alice sees a vision of Bella and Edward and Jacob and Renesmee Renesmee's older and they're all together and they're all happy. So it kind of gives you the impression that Jacob and Renesmee do fall in love and they stay together for a while. And, um, then we also learned that Bella has learned how to, how does she put it? show Edward how much she loves him and how we see it is that she shows him scenes from their love story that we have gotten to watch these past four years and it was pretty cool way to end it and then it obviously the very last scene is the last page of Breaking Dawn and it says a little piece of our forever which was pretty cute so all in all it was really cute way to end this saga and I do want to say one more thing about these movies and then I'll wrap it up, I promise. When they came out, it, it didn't matter if you were popular or a nerd, you had something in common and it was the enjoyment you had watching these movies and reading these books. So yes, even though they're cheesy as hell, they brought people together. Yes, that's also cheesy to say, but it's true. People who didn't even hang out with each other would talk about this movie together. And I think that's pretty cool. And that is a very cool way of how movies bring people together. And I don't know, it's cheesy, but my husband asked me, he goes, why were these so popular? He goes, I don't understand. Like, I never got the the reason behind it being so popular. And I said, well, number one, you have a love triangle. Number two, you have vampires and werewolves. And number three, even if you didn't hang out with people, you had nothing in common with this other person. If they watched Twilight, you had something in common and you could geek out about it. And that was cool. And so with all that being said, that wraps up our Breaking Dawn part two and our Twilight saga episodes. Woo! As always i hope you guys enjoyed this episode and i hope you guys enjoyed revisiting this saga with me it was so much fun it's been a hot minute since i've re-watched these movies and it was just a lot of fun getting to do that thanks for sticking it out with me too i know i took a little bit of a hiatus but i'm happy you guys took it out and kept listening so i will be back in two weeks a full two weeks with another series actually we are diving into the wizarding world of Harry freaking Potter. This series is one of my top three favorites, so I'm stoked to get into it. I will be back at it with the Sorcerer's Stone on March 11th. So until then, go to my TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. Go give me a follow. They're all at Movie Theater Mom, and I would really appreciate it, just like I appreciate you guys listening to me ramble today. So until next time, see y'all later.